Movember is an annual event where men grow mustaches in the month of November to raise awareness for men's health issues. In honor of Movember, Tenant Health Central Coast is focusing on men's health topics. This program is community service and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. Listeners having questions about their health should make an appointment to see their personal physician. Any opinions or statements made during the program are those of the individuals or physicians making the statements and are not the opinions or statements of the hospital. This is another edition of Healthy Conversations, the podcast series from Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital. Got shoulder problems? I know I do. Today we're talking about injuries in the shoulder, specifically rotator cuff tears. We'll learn about what they are, how we get them, and most importantly, how they're best treated. Here to discuss is Dr. Kevin Forsyth, an orthopedic surgeon at Twin Cities Community Hospital. Dr. Forsyth, thank you so much for educating us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. So I was recently tossing the football around with some friends, and I noticed that afterwards I had a pain in my shoulder, especially when I tried to lift my arm. So my first selfish question uh, is to try to figure this out. Is this something trivial like muscle soreness, or have I actually torn my rotator cuff? Uh, It's a good question. You know, sometimes I, I get that complaint a lot. It sometimes can be just simple bursitis, which is inflammation of the shoulder, and that can either die down on its own or with the help of physical therapy, a guided program with those guys, or sometimes an injection if the pain is severe enough, we can get it to resolve and go away. If the pain is persistent and we do all these things and you're still having trouble, then sometimes we get some more advanced imaging of the shoulder to help tell us if there is a tear. And is a rotator cuff uh, tear in terms of the pain level, is it much more painful than just the bruising that you're talking about? You know, it can be very similar. It's sometimes difficult to differentiate because sometimes inflammation by itself can be quite severe and make you not even want to lift the arm at all, which can mimic the symptoms of a torn rotator cuff. Now, the rotator cuff, what we're talking about is basically four muscles that surround the ball and socket, and they give you most of your power for your overhead activities from day to day. If they're inflamed or torn, they can cause a lot of pain, a lot of weakness, lose sleep, things like that. Yeah, I've definitely felt that before, and it's I, I can understand what you're saying, that it's hard to distinguish the two because even the bruising can cause those symptoms as well. I'm curious as to how it happens. You know, what is the most common thing uh, or most common reason that you see for a rotator cuff tear? Sure, yeah. It's a, most of the time people tell me it just kind of crept up on them. Now, sometimes I get people who are digging uh, post holes for a fence or something, you know, really just strenuous and difficult on the shoulders and then bang, you know, within the next few days, they've got severe pain that won't let up. But a lot of times it's sort of wear and tear type of things. And then there's sometimes some pain that's been going on for a while. And then all of a sudden some activity, whether it's trivial or not, sets it off and makes it much worse. So we don't always have a single aha moment where we know that the rotator cuff tore, but uh, it certainly becomes quite a problem when it does tear. So let's say I'm feeling that pain enough to the point where I want to bring myself into to seek treatment. Um, what does that look like? You know, how what what kind of options would be available to me? Well, it depends on you know what your story is. Everybody's got a unique story, and that's an important part of it. <clears throat> Aside from the physical examination in the office, obviously, and usually we start with a basic X-ray that. People think sometimes it's not very useful because it's not as fancy as an MRI, but it gives us a lot of information about 
calcium deposits that sometimes can cause inflammation or bursitis in the shoulder around those rotator cuff muscles, uh, or if there's arthritis in the shoulder, that might be another pain generator that we need to know about early on. Uh, But in general, it would be, you know, even without the MRI, if I have enough information to show me that there's a lot of inflammation, then we can get physical therapy going. It's usually about a four- to six-week course of that before we decide to do anything more aggressive. I see. So it sounds like it's a case-by-case basis. The first thing that you try to recommend is a physical therapy regimen for about four to six weeks. And what does that look like? Is it just exercises, over overhead exercises that you slowly work up to? Yeah, so it's typically two or three times a week. We find a place that's close to your house and make it as convenient as possible. And then they're doing all... They do a number of types of so-called cuff strengthening, scapular stabilization. Sometimes there's issues with the wing bone not moving correctly, and that can lead to issues with the shoulder. And balancing the four muscles, those four rotator cuff muscles, a lot of times are out of balance with our daily life, and so getting them back into balance can take stress and pain away from the shoulder. Now, some people sometimes will come in with an MRI already done, and it shows there's a there's a gradation or a number of different ways that the rotator cuff can have a tear. Some are severe and some are not so bad. If it's a partial or minimal tear of the tendon, so it's not completely detached from bone, then a lot of times physical therapy can settle that down. If I do about 200 shoulder arthroscopies in a year, maybe 20 or 30 are for the partial tear. So it's much less common that that ends up being a surgical repair type of issue. So let's talk about the surgical repair or the rotator cuff tears that are severe enough to warrant them. Um, Talk a little bit about the surgical process and the recovery time. So the surgery, in in my hands, these are all arthroscopic procedures, which means they're done with little poke holes uh, around the shoulder, four of them, sometimes five of them, depending on how much work I have to do. And someone would be asleep for about 45 minutes to an hour, I would go in there with the cameras and the tools and reattach the tendon to bone with these stitches we have now that can actually be locked into the bone to hold the tendon back to where it pulled away from. Ideally, you go home about an hour after the procedure. You're wearing this sort of fancy sling for about four weeks for the average person, which allows you to protect the repair while it's healing but then you can do waist-level things during that first month. So I don't let people do anything overhead while that tendon is healing back down to the bone. After that first month, the brace goes away, and we start gradual strengthening and overhead work with a physical therapist. Average person at 8 to 10 weeks after surgery is starting to lift overhead, grab things out of shelves and cabinets, but it feels weak pretty quickly. It's more like three or four months where you start feeling a little bit more normal with your endurance, in your activity level, but you see things improve for up to a year after the repairs are done. You know, one of the things that I was wondering is um, rotator cuff tears uh, in the world of sports, because I know that, for example, for a quarterback, if something severe happens and they do need surgery, sometimes it feels like they're able to recover much quicker than um, the normal everyday person. And I'm, I'm wondering right. if there's ever cases where they start playing before they should. Yeah, there definitely are situations like that, and we find both with rotator cuff shoulder issues, some of the knee issues like ACLs, various repairs and reconstructions that probably less 
people go back to their previous level of sport than we anticipated for elite-level athletes. But most of us who are the weekend warriors, uh, rotator cuff repairs tend to do quite well. We do see healing be a little bit more difficult after the age of 70 when you do these repairs, but it still has a good chance of healing even uh, with advanced age. So there's also the other factor coming into play, kind of one of the more exciting things is with partial cuff tears, if physical therapy has failed, there's now an option like PRP, which is the platelet-rich plasma, where in the office we can draw blood, spin it down in a centrifuge, and the top layer, after you pull it out of the centrifuge, is full of the growth factors and healing factors in your bloodstream that you isolate out and inject that into the torn tendon to see if you can get it to heal that way. And I have seen some early promising results with that. So that's another way we can try and avoid surgery and uh, get people back to activities. Yeah, that sounds extremely advanced. I actually wanted to ask about topical treatments because whenever I would get an injury like that, my dad would always say to put on Tiger Bomb or Bengay over it to heal. So maybe talk a little bit about the effectiveness of these topical treatments. Yeah, I find topicals to be a nice adjunct, especially with people who have trouble tolerating regular anti-inflammatories, which are your Aleve, Naproxen, Ibuprofen, and Motrin. You have a wide array now of these topicals that you can use. The One of the more commonly prescribed ones is Volterin gel, although a lot of insurances uh, have trouble covering that. There's also simpler things like capsaicin cream uh, or Arnica gel, which I find to be helpful, and these are more natural sort of plant-based anti-inflammatories. It sounds a little hokey uh, to put a gel on the skin over the injured area to some people, but I do find that it can be quite helpful, and uh, we don't see as much systemic or body absorption of the uh, that we would have with your pill anti-inflammatories that could cause problems with your stomach and kidneys. So I think those are a nice alternative. Yeah, thanks for that. And, uh, you know, Dad, if you're listening, I guess you were right. Those things do help. <laughs> um, <laughs> fin- right. the, the final thing I wanted to ask you is, is there anything that people can do to prevent this type of injury? You know, is it mobility exercises? What do you recommend? Yeah. So one of the simplest things you can do is just get on the YouTube and put in rotator cuff strengthening exercises. And with simply one of those, you know, resistance bands that you can get at a local sports store, you can, at home, keep a balance of those four rotator cuff muscles that surround the ball and socket. And that's very important because we tend to overuse one side or the other of the shoulder muscles, create the imbalance, which we think then leads to problems uh, down the road. So those simple sort of resistance exercises with just a little rubber band, it doesn't have to be a fancy thing at the gym, uh, can really help out. And in general, I find people stay out of trouble if they keep heavy things close to their body when they're lifting them. Don't reach out for that thing that's heavy across the way. Just take the time to walk over and get closer to it and put yourself at a position of advantage to pick things up and make it easier on those cuff muscles. Great advice. I really want to thank you for educating us today, Dr. Forsyth. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we sign off today? No, I think uh, we covered most of the uh, important parts of the issue and uh, I hope people get a little bit of help out of this and uh, get some pain improved. 
Yeah, they absolutely will. So for a referral to a board-certified physician, please call the Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital Physician Referral Line at 866-966-3680. My guest today has been Dr. Kevin Forsyth. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thank you so much for listening.